welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Superstars, welcome back to another episode of your very favorite podcast, Word Up with Danny Katz. I have been inundated with so much positive, effusively wonderful feedback on my last solo show that I'm making it a regular thing. So today I am joined by myself. <laughs> 
for this solo edition of Word Up podcast. We're going to step into some edgy territory today. So I am advising everyone to slip on your big girl panties, slip on your big boy panties, take responsibility for your triggers because I am, fingers crossed, going to upend um, some of the indoctrination that has people in this country confused and open up um, the man, woman, masculine, feminine conversation into some deeper, more integrated territory. Before I do that, though, I want to make an announcement, share a story. I had decided at the end of last year that I was giving up coaching. I decided it around fall because I was feeling super burnt out. And like when I was showing up for my sessions, um, I felt tired and I felt depleted. And I honestly felt like my clients deserve better than a tired, depleted version of me. So maybe it's time for me to move on. So I made a grand announcement. I'm taking coaching off of my plate. I'm moving full-time into consulting and made all the moves to shift in that direction. Cut to end of November, as I talked about on my last solo podcast, I finished writing my new book, The Language of Betterarchy, and realized, oh, I'm super burnt out. So I totally cleared the schedule to make space for a whole lot of nothing. And you know what it was that I did during all of that nothing, more so than anything else, aside from reading and napping? I gave away coaching. I coached my friends. I coached my community. I was available for everyone in my life in a way that I had missed being available for people in my life because somehow over the past five years, I ended up overstuffing my schedule and getting stuck in this overwhelm realm. So on this end of it, I'm realizing, oh, I'm spending all of my time coaching because that's what I authentically want to be doing. So all of this is to say, I'm back to coaching. uh, And I feel really good about the way that I did it. It's kind of similar to when I was questioning monogamy in such a big way. And so as part of my own authentic exploration, I dated a married couple. If this is the first you're hearing about it, go find the cover story I wrote about it for the LA Weekly, which is on my website, dannycats.com. But I just started experimenting with polyamory in all the various iterations, only to come to the conclusion through my own lived experience that I'm super very monogamous. So this is, you know, another version of that same thing where I was like, I am exhausted and tired of showing up for people's processes of transformation and empowerment only to discover after I took that off my plate that it's really what I want to be doing the most. So uh, check out my website, quantumlanging.com services to learn more about that. And I've already given you the big girl, big boy panties warning. So let's dive into it. So I put out a video. Uh, it, it was It was like a slight clip from um, the most recent afterwards that Emily and I recorded, which was a live, it was our first live afterwards Zoom call, which we did with our community, which was super fun. So if you track the words podcast that I do with Emily, um, definitely worth checking out on, you know, my locals, my Patreon, 
I'm hearing myself and I'm like, is the solo podcast just like a sales pitch for all the other things? No, it really isn't. We just seem to be starting out that way. But um, while we were on that live afterwards, Louis CK came up and someone uh, mentioned in the chat, they were like, oh, the, you know, the exhibitionist, or I think it was something a little bit more crass than that. And I went off and I posted my, my short video of me going off. Um, and the basic gist is it's so many fold. I mean, when the whole me too thing erupted in Los Angeles, when I was living in Los Angeles under very contrived circumstances, like it was very clear for anyone who tracks the news cycles and all of a sudden, all of this footage was starting to emerge of shooters on the ground and in different places in Vegas. Um, when that mass shooting happened back then. And then all of a sudden we have Harvey, Harvey Weinstein in the news and this great grand uh, announcement that there's a casting couch in Hollywood as though none of us have ever heard of this. <laughs> as, though, as though that's not like um, the air that Hollywood breathes, right? But at the time, my perspective on this was really not it wasn't welcomed, it wasn't celebrated, it was, you know, probably my first taste of losing friends based on ideological disagreements. And my perspective was, these women don't really seem to have their own backs. And why is that not also part of the conversation? I'm not saying the whole conversation. I'm not saying it's ever okay for men to lay hands on women without permission to take advantage of women, et cetera, et cetera. But it does take two to tango. We are living in a reality construct comprised of equal and opposite forces. So if the men are over-sexualizing women, are crossing the line with women, then me as a woman, I'm going to automatically look at like, oh, well, where am I contributing? Where am I out of alignment? Where can I take responsibility? Because like, if, if you're watching this visually, you're watching my hands move side to side because uh, masculine and feminine are perfect polarity constructs. So if men are going to, you know, to the outer reaches of bad behavior, uh, it's not like women are, are, are perfectly rooted in the center just being victimized. That's not how this reality construct works. Again, I am not making apologies for rape. I am not, what are these ridiculous phrases like a rape apologist or a rape culture apologist? Like I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just inviting a more integrated, inclusive conversation where women can also take responsibility for ourselves. And the Louis CK situation for for me was like the pitch perfect example of how off the rails the conversation got because as I understand it, uh, Louis CK was accused of masturbating in front of one woman, I think it was multiple women, um, and these women were, were traumatized and then he was canceled. And I actually did a really, uh, I did a, an interview early days of word up with Beth Lapidus, who is a, you know, alt comedy queen. And we had a really interesting conversation about it. So I will be sure to include the link. I'm going to make a note right now to include that link in this, uh, in this podcast. So stand by, we're going to pause. I so love the autonomy and freedom in the solo podcast that I can pause and 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 take notes and uh, you know take myself off of host alert. Okay, so 
what I saw in this, and I've also seen this in the yoga community when after Sri K. Patabi Joyce died and after Yogi Bhajan died, there are all these accusations of sexual misconduct. And I'm not saying that there wasn't sexual misconduct, but I am saying a lot of times these conversations are super one-sided. And in my experience, when I perceive myself as a victim and someone else as a perpetrator, when we open up the conversation and explore all sides with all of the parties involved, I will of course see where I am partially culpable, responsible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But these are all one-sided conversations. So I saw the Louis CK thing as a very one-sided conversation um, that, that, you know, I mean, he was canceled in a really big way for a long time. And as I understand it, he didn't apologize, which, you know, props to you, Louis CK, because that's fucking bullshit. Here's, here was my primary issue with that is that you have a woman, let's just, you know, I might be getting the details wrong, but let's just say it was one woman in a room with Louis CK who's jerking off in front of her while she claims to be uncomfortable. Why is she not getting up and leaving? Why is she not saying, can you please stop that? Why is she not beelining for the door and taking herself out of there? And so the fact that that isn't happening it uh, lends the impression that women are helpless victims, that we're like these armless infants who can't operate a doorknob, that we don't have our own backs, we're not empowered enough to take care of ourselves and to let other adults know that we're not on board with what's going on, right? All of that is taken off the table with the way that this whole conversation is happening in the public discourse. So that was my primary issue with the Louis CK thing. But the real elephant in the room around this conversation is star fucking. And how women and men, but you know, for the sake of this conversation, we're just gonna talk about women, but will completely sell themselves down the river to be near fame, to be with famous people, to potentially get themselves famous. And I really haven't heard uh, this conversation go into the realms of calling out star fucking for what it is. Because my guess, and again, I'm just guessing here, but is that if Louis CK weren't famous, A, if the woman wasn't into it, she would have left quite early on um or maybe if she was into it she wouldn't have had a change of heart afterwards a very public change of heart that always seems to happen when there are journalists around or television cameras there's this attention piece around which i just find a little suspect um you know in the case of these yoga teachers look i was in mysore with uh Patabi Joyce, who we call Guruji at the time, and I did hear stories of sexual misconduct. I I was very, you know, I got a lot of one-on-one -on -one attention from him. That wasn't my experience with him. But um, I find it interesting that like none of that really went public until after he was dead, didn't have a chance to speak up for himself, to share his side of the story, and then his legacy just gets sullied, which is the same thing that we see happening with Yogi Bhajan in the Kundalini community. Um, so I, I also think there's something to like, well, why weren't these women speaking up at the time? And so often I hear like, you know, these... Um, 
these these yogis these these followers i mean it's such a weird word but like they didn't say anything at the time and it's like oh because you were getting the attention of a famous person of someone who you've put on this pedestal as being above and so you know when it comes to people in the yoga community like i look at that as like that is a unique karma between that teacher and that student that is not for me to insinuate my opinion upon um now if there's like restraint if there's violence that's a completely different conversation right like we're not going to go to the crazy place that's none of that is okay but what i see the most is with these big yoga teachers and with these like famous celebrities is that women are totally willing to sell themselves down the river just so they could be near fame and we need to talk about that because the fame monster if you will the fame virus is a big part of the reason why culture is in this like clown wor world cluster fucky shit show configuration that it's in now because we put famous people on these pedestals. So, you know, that was my sense with Louis CK was like, if you're in a room with someone and he pulls his dick out, leave, just leave. And I don't really uh, jive with the story that that as a woman, we don't have that ability to have our own backs. So similarly, with the whole thing with um, Harvey Weinstein, like it was just story after story after story of these young would be wannabe starlets taking meetings at insane hours of the night, 11 at night, midnight, one in the morning in someone's hotel room. So why would you take a meeting like that? If you are a woman who has your own back and loves yourself, why would you take any meeting in someone's hotel room? Why would you take any meeting after hours? Like those pieces are not being questioned. We're all just like going along with that. Like, oh, that's fine. Nothing to see here. The men are completely 1000% wrong. And the infantilized, disempowered baby women who have no voice or no ability to stand up for themselves are just hapless victims. Like as a woman, no, I'm not going to sign on to that. Um, and we see it in like, and I, I, I'm not remembering all of the, the famous people's names, but there was this one story about someone who like went back to someone's house after drinking too much wine at dinner. And then she didn't like how it went after he went down on her, like she had regret the next day and decided to call it rape. Why are you going into someone's house after a date if you don't want to get it on? Like, I'm, I, I, that might sound old fashioned, but like, um, there, there are social cues that we're hip to. And since I can remember, since I started dating, after a date, if you go into someone's house, you are saying, I want to get physical with you. Now, again, it's not to say that like, it's okay for a guy to penetrate a woman because just because she went home with him, if she's saying no, again, I'm not saying that, but it's just what I'm seeing is this preponderance of women who want something from these famous men or men with power who could make them famous, who are completely selling themselves down the river and then claiming to be the victims afterwards while taking no responsibility for their own participation. What this brings brings us into is the uh, Trump grab him by the pussy situation. So last reminder to get those big girl and big boy panties firmly fastened because we're really going to go there. 
So ever since this erupted in the news cycle back when Trump was hanging out in the Oval, and we would see like enraged women at these marches wearing these pussy hats, I was like, it just kind of doesn't line up. And I was wondering at that time, like, has anyone seen this statement in its full context? You know, what are we really talking about here? Um, So I have pulled that up and I'm going to read it to us now. So it was a conversation that apparently he was having on set. So it was a 1995 leaked recording um, and he, he was on some sort of like press junket. Okay. So at the time he was talking about, I don't know, some girl that he was hot for. And he says, I'm just reading word for word from the transcript. So he says, yeah, that's her with the gold. I better use some Tic Tacs just in case I start kissing her. You know, I'm automatically attracted to beautiful. It's cut off. I'm guessing he was going to say women. Um, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. Okay, so right there, I just want to be clear. That wouldn't work for me. Like, I'm not advocating to just for dudes to just go and start kissing women. But I just want us to dial down what was actually said and what the intention was for the sake of this conversation. Okay, and also to be clear, everyone knows this. I'm pretty neutral when it comes to Trump. There are um, some things he says and has done in the past that I have liked. There are a lot of things that he has said and done in the past that I don't like. I haven't met the guy. I'm not standing up for him. I'm not selling him down the river. But because this was just such a loud, um, like, uh, it was it was such a loud phrase in the culture, right? It, it, it almost became iconic. And because it's taken us so out of context from the real conversation that Trump was having, we're going there. But, I, but I'm not making excuses for Trump's sloppy languaging. Trust me, I would love to, to have him as one of my clients and really help him as I want to help everyone on the planet up-level their languaging, especially people who have a lot of power and influence. All right, so going back to what he said, uh i just start kissing them it's like a magnet just kiss i don't even wait and when you're a star they let you do it you can do anything this is the crux okay he is explaining that the reason that he gets away with this bad behavior is because he is a star and they let stars do anything So he says, and when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. And then the interview says, whatever you want. And he says, grab him by the pussy. You can do anything. So do you see here, like, A, I don't hear in reading this that he's advocating for this behavior, that he's saying this is a fine way to treat women. What I get from this is he's saying women will let you do anything when you're famous. And so I do. Um, Although, to be clear, I don't actually get from this that he does grab them by the pussy, right? Um, She kind of pushes him. When you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. The interviewer says, whatever you want. He says, grab him by the pussy. You can do anything, okay? So I just want to get back to the larger 
completely miscontextualized conversation, I don't hear any advocacy in that. What I hear is a critical commentary on a culture of star fucking that until this moment has gone unchecked. And I don't think it's a fair conversation when we're talking about all these men who are being me tooed, right? It's so lame that that's a verb now, but like, why are the women not culpable for selling themselves down the river for a taste of fame? And why is that not part of the conversation? So that was really like my primary um, critique of the Louis CK thing is that woman probably or those women probably wouldn't have stuck around as long as they did if he wasn't famous. And when are we going to get real with the fame virus? and how that perves people's behavior and how we're responsible for selling ourselves down the river for these tastes of fame. Like in that Vanity Fair article about Harvey Weinstein, you know, there's Uma Thurman's sob story about what happened in the hotel room late at night. And I'm like, why are you going to someone's hotel room late at night? Like, what the fuck is that? And also with the alcohol and the drinking of like these women not having their own backs. So, when it comes to solutions, because I'm pretty solutions focused in my thinking. Hey, superstars, thank you so much for sharing your sacred attention with me. If you are receiving any value whatsoever from my videos, I am encouraging you to give back, to pay it forward by supporting me on my Patreon community, on my locals community, on both. Your support allows me to keep on keeping on and to keep making content like this. It used to be much easier back in the days of a free press, but now given all of the censorship and the shadow banning, it really is challenging for content creators to continue to put out so much work. I'll just speak for myself. It's been, I'm excited for it to be easier for me to continue to put out more content and the primary way that it can be easier is by you supporting me financially by way of my Patreon and or my locals where for as little as $5 a month, you get to be my hero and receive oodles of bonus content and we both get to win. Okay, thank you so much for your support, for your attention and for being Omniscopic Amazingness. I feel like it's really important that we start teaching young, instead of trying to punish men and shame men for being men um, and trying to sanitize the, uh, you know, sexual romantic relating space, which will never happen. I mean, just look at nature. Look at the way every other mammal on the planet, planet mates. Does that seem safe to you? No, it's not safe. It's fucking terrifying. This is not a safe planet. This is not to make excuses for men's bad behavior. It's to say, if the goal is to sanitize uh, the sexual relating sphere, good luck with that. That's just going to be a big, fat, giant waste of time. And I also think, like, in a culture where women are self-sexualizing to such an insane extent, um, that's definitely not going to happen. You know, I've used this metaphor before where, like, I see a lot of women and, you know, I see it less here in New Mexico than I used to see in Los Angeles where it was literally shocking and mind-blowing on the daily of seeing these women walking around with like side boob hanging out you know half their ass 
coming out of their like little booty short yoga tights that are camel towing, you know, all the way to eternity. And it's like you're waving raw meat in front of a tiger and then shaming the tiger for being a tiger and having natural tiger responses. So for me, it just seems like the responsible and loving thing to do in terms of honoring myself as a woman, honoring my brothers as men, is to not go riling up that sexual response all the time willy-nilly for no reason when I'm running errands around town not only because it's disrespectful to men to keep them in that state but it's disrespectful to myself and it's not safe you know um there's something about having our own backs and like monitoring our own alcohol intake when we're on dates when we're at parties when we're at bars when we're in certain parts of town and making sure that we're not inebriating ourselves to the point where we're not going to be able to have our own backs there's something to be said for learning to say no and that was the the big piece that i got from the harvey weinstein vanity fair article was like i'm not hearing these women saying no like and i understand there's fight flight freeze and that's like a natural terror response which is why i really feel like moving forward like A, let's enough with the shaming of the men, enough with this egregiously out of context pussy hat projection, which was never meant as advocacy. And look at like, well, what are some positive steps we can take to help protect girls and women moving forward? It's teaching them to say no. It's just using our voices and teaching girls and women to have our own backs. Um, and also to, like to have practice drills of being in these situations of saying, no, I'm really not comfortable. Like, you know, being physical. No, I'm, would you please take your hands off me? No, I'm going to need you to put your dick in your pants or I'm going to leave. And then if famous person X doesn't put his dick in his pants to actually leave, even though we might be losing the opportunity to hang out with the famous person. And I don't even understand what the benefits of that are anyway but you know we look at this whole influencer culture we look at all these you know celebrities telling us what to put in our bodies who to vote for what products to buy it is really time for us to take a sledgehammer to the pedestal of celebrity and fame and really look within ourselves as to like what in me has me chasing fame has me selling myself down the river to be with fame and to be honest like i'm part of this conversation too i was born and raised in los angeles los angeles i've definitely had moments where i've acted you know weird around famous people it's it's an odd thing and i do think it's a virus like there's some there's something weird going on when you have these people who have so much public attention directed their way, I think that that creates like a, a feedback loop that's full of distortions between those people and their fans and whatever the fans are projecting on these people who are paid to pretend, right? Because we think we know these famous people, but we don't fucking know them. I mean, unless you do, but just because, you know, like I'm thinking of a friend of mine in LA who ended our friendship when I, you know, deigned to uh, suggest some things about Obama that didn't line up with the propaganda around Obama. And what he kept repeating was like, well, I read his biography. Well, I read his biography. Well, so fucking what? (laughs) Whoever ghost wrote that biography 
uh, didn't put in all the dirty laundry. Like no one is going to write the like shitty, shameful things about themselves in their biographies, assuming that he did write his biography, which I would bet the farm he didn't. But I, I'm just inviting us to look at like what we're projecting onto these celebrities and why we are giving our power away for fame or to like, you know, take instructions from people who are running the fame frequency. Cause I think that's really the elephant in the room around all of these famous dudes getting cancel around me too, is like, what about the women who are acting like assholes to themselves so that they could be near the famous people? So those are really my two cents. I'm going to hit a pause to just see if I have anything left to say on the matter. All right. I mean, I don't I don't want to overstate what I've already stated, but what's coming to mind right now is Monica Lewinsky and the fact that she kept the dress, right? Which just has me questioning her integrity as a person like what was she going for? You know, like it feels like, and I know this was so long ago, but like to create a scenario wherein she could collect the president's DNA only to save the DNA, only to later use it to launch herself to quote unquote fame or infamy. Like we really need to question <clears throat> these women's behavior and the whole star fucking mentality. And, and also just like this insane over-sexualization of women and how like everything is just out there all the time. You know, there's this been this like kind of rash of videos on social media of young women dressed like really super skimpy at the gym and then setting up cameras to film dudes at the gym checking them out. And it's like, it's a trap, like you're trapping them. If you don't want that kind of attention, then don't present yourself that way. If you do want that kind of attention, then I think it's important to take responsibility for the consequences that can sometimes come along with that kind of attention. Because as much as we'd like to think were these like highly evolved advanced beings, we are also at the same time primal mammals um, with very ancient sexual responses. So when men get riled up sexually, um, a lot of blood goes to the penis and then they want to stick that penis into holes. And that doesn't always align with our desires and intentions, but we have to pay attention to the signals that we're sending out um, and just take responsibility for them and be a little bit more mindful and um, more responsible with ourselves. You know, I, I have a lot of, my male friends speak very openly and honestly with me. And um, I have a friend in back, back in LA who's, he's a very, very, very successful movie producer. He's married, he's a good guy, like totally a good guy. But he has told me on more than one occasion before any of this Me Too stuff that he'll go to meetings with young starlets and they'll show up so scantily clad that it's very challenging for him to stay focused 
on the meeting, you know, and I understand, okay, it's a power play. Okay. You know, when we're not truly empowered from a real integrated embodied place, then we're going to defer to tricks like tits and ass, um, to get off on some sort of false power. Again, no harm, no foul. You can play it however you want, but to then claim victim on the flip side, just seems a little a lot out of integrity so i'd love a larger collective conversation about star fucking and i would really love for us as a collective to take the paid pretenders off of the pedestals and um i mean if we need to have heroes let them be people of integrity and like high high quality character you know um but I'm excited for us to grow out of putting people on pedestals altogether. This also ties in, this is just probably the last thing, to all this ridiculous um, gossip and judgment around Madonna's face. I don't really give a shit. I don't, I don't have an opinion on any level, but the distraction of it and seeing how when we have a new, like, here's everything that happened since the Grammys. Um, it came out that the CIA was responsible for the Nord Stream pipeline attack as ordered by our President Biden. That's an act of war. Like that's that's a straight up criminal offense, uh, you know, violation of international law right there. We have James O'Keefe being pushed out of Project Veritas after his Schneiser video expose comes out. We have this chemical spill happening in Ohio, uh, which is you know, apparently like much, 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 much worse than they're leading us to believe. I also find it interesting that that happened mere months after Noah Bumbach's movie comes out starring Greta Gerwig and Adam Driver with the exact same plot line that a, a, a train carrying toxic chemicals derails and spills like mm, predictive programming much. So, um, then we have this like horrible, hateful, divisive state of the union speech. We have, uh, you know, the Turkish ambassador who was never named as Turkish ambassador before the incident, like muscling and threatening Turkey. And then they have a quote unquote earthquake. Thank you, Harp. But while all of that is happening, not to mention you know, the hearings we have going with Vijaya and the Twitter executives who under order by the White House were censoring private citizens, but all of that is shoved under the rug. So instead we could all collectively share our opinions of Madonna's face. So again, this is how the social engineers use fame to distract us in this giant shell game. And I'm so excited for us as free thinking, um, autonomous adults to stop taking the bait uh, and to focus on what's real and what's going on in our worlds and not get hung up on celebrity gossip or what someone does or does not choose to do with their face. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the normalization of facial mutilation, mut excuse me. I think the normalization of facial mutila mutilation, so interesting how my body, my mouth wants to make it mutilization. Um, mutila mutilation is annoying for me as a woman. Like I would really prefer to have role models of healthy, conscious, self-loving uh, croning, right? That's my own personal opinion, but I'm not going to shame someone for 
doing it however they want to do it. You know, that's just freaking so lame. But, um, you know, it's another programming. It's another like indoctrination attack that we're under that we don't even have models of healthy natural aging or if we do like justine bateman they're like publicly shamed for looking beautiful um in a way that rubs up against this like youth elevation and this this way in our culture we have of alleging that that younger is better right you don't look your age no we all look our ages you just have a very limited idea of what age is supposed to look like based on your own programming your own fears and your own indoctrination or you look so much younger than your age right like putting putting youth above age where it's like no we're all contemporaries like we're all eternaling together and it just feels like Occam's razor, healthier, simpler, uh, to just love what's happening and rebrand what's happening beautiful than to chase some sort of like surgical big pharma. Um, I mean, it just never even looks real to me, but that, that's like a totally different conversation. But I mean, I do think it comes in now that I'm rambling. I mean, I think it just goes into like the larger indoctrination that we have going around like youth and beauty and look like these famous people do. And, you know, I saw the other day an ad, ad I don't know, I, I don't really look at magazines, so I don't remember where I saw it, but it was like a makeup ad, like a cover girl or a Maybelline, I don't even remember what, and it was a dude wearing makeup. So my attitude around makeup has always been like, sure it's pretty but it's fake and for me like i'm always like rubbing my eyes and rubbing my face for it never works but for me personally like i don't really want to spend any extra time looking in the mirror again go back to nature does any other species on this planet gaze at themselves in the mirror no personally i get nauseous the longer i look in the mirror so for me, and I've had this since high school, it's like minimize the amount of time that I'm looking in the mirror so that I don't get nauseous. I don't even know what that's about. Maybe it's like some sort of internal vanity check in my DNA, DNA or like my gene keys or something. But for me, it just, when I look at like, how many minutes do I have on this planet? How many breaths do I have on this planet? Um, and what are my priorities? Now, everyone has different priorities. So if your priority is looking beautiful to other people for external validation, or just so you could stare at yourself in the mirror all day, great, those are your values. And I totally respect those. Those are not my values. I would rather spend more time laughing with my friends, dancing, being in my body, writing, reading, creating, playing, laughing, et cetera, et cetera. Looking in the mirror is like, is not even on the list. So for me, that's always been like a fundamental conflict with wearing makeup because I have to sit there in the mirror doing this. And when I do that, I feel like I'm losing my own personal earth game and I it just doesn't doesn't inspire me. It doesn't uplift me. And I look at like the women's movements, right? And where women have come like there's this great movie. Actually, it's probably not that great, but Tom Ford directed a movie with Julianne Moore. It was like something man and in that movie which takes place i think it was in the 60s um there's a scene of julianne moore getting ready for a dinner date with her gay best friend but it seems like she kind of has um 
her eye on him, right? You know, like maybe was, you know, trying to get it on with him. And we see her like spending the day getting ready her whole day, like her hair is in curlers and she's doing the fake eyelashes. And like, you know, remember back in the day when like our moms had vanity mirrors with a chair set up, like I am so happy that women have evolved out of that, or at least a lot of us have. Um, because I have shit to do on this planet and I don't personally want to be slowed down with painting my face every day. I also see this, like for me, it relates to the kind of clothes that I can't really move or express myself in, right? Like a really tight pencil skirt or push-up bras, you know, which are so freaking uncomfortable or G-strings or high heels. Like for me, all of those things, I'm so happy have no place in my life. But I'm noticing an upside down clown world wherein like segregation and reparations are being rebranded as progress along with apartheid and so many, uh, you know, censorship and all of those things. I find it interesting that now progress is telling men, well, you can waste your precious life for staying in the mirror, staring in the mirror and painting your eyes. You can waste your precious life force shoving your feet into high heels, which will shorten your Achilles tendon and give you bunions and make it harder for you to run away from potential rapists. Like, it's so odd to me that this is like, oh, let's put men in that same like enslavement vanity box as women. And now we'll call that progress instead of moving all of us towards like a more authentic, embodied, creative, engaged means of playing the earth game. Now, again, I'm, I am projecting my own values onto us. I'm sure there's gotta be some sort of mindset wherein, you know, like wearing makeup and doing our hair and nails and all of that. I don't know. Like I said, it's not my thing, so I can't really relate. Um, if it's your thing and it brings you joy in, in an authentic way, then, you know, Godspeed. And it's it's merely my own ignorance that has me not really understanding it. But I do see it as part of, I mean, obviously it's part of the demoralization op, but I, I have thought about, you know, just think about women shaving their legs, right? Just look at like base and a lot of you know a lot of women don't a lot of women push back but just look at the time and effort that goes into shaving your legs shaving your bikini line shaving your armpits putting on makeup like all of the time and effort that a lot of women have been indoctrinated to put into their daily appearance right because you know a lot of us have been indoctrinated where we're supposed to be eye candy for the planet and that's like our our fullest dharmic purpose is to just look pretty. Um, and now men can have that dharmic purpose too. And now your whole purpose could be to spend all this time and energy and money and life force obsessing on how you look and how your tits look or your fake tits look or like whatever, whatever, whatever. And uh, it seems pretty ass backwards to me. Just my two cents. And I think that does it for today's solo podcast. I didn't want to wait too long because I want to stay in the flow of doing these solo shows. So I'm not front loading it with too many things. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing, for clicking the like button, 
for sharing, for commenting. Your comments go a long way in giving me more visibility with the algorithm. As I mentioned at the beginning, I am back to coaching and loving it and feeling like just so resourced and um, inspired to really be there for my clients. Uh, of course, my specialty around this is empowerment. Um, I am working with some language of healing clients for anyone who is traversing a healing initiation. I have a fantastic program to help you through that. And for anyone who's wanting to get out of your own way, to get out of the corners you feel like you've painted yourself in, to stop compromising and selling yourself short, to stop sabotaging yourself and disempowering yourself and playing the victim, reach out, let's set up a discovery call and explore Just Right Coaching Program for you. Thanks for tuning in to Word Up with Danny Katz, solo style, and uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.